As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, hello. This is Zach Brittle. I'm here with Laura Heck. You're listening to Marriage Therapy Radio. We are uh, in wedding season. People are starting to get married or not starting to get married. I guess they're always getting married, but uh, it turns out August is one of the most popular months for weddings. And as a result, I've seen a whole bunch of uh, pre-married couples coming in looking for advice and preparation, which I think is both wise and sometimes useless. And we'll talk about those things here uh, on the next it. Stick around. Ready to roll. Here we are. Yep. <laughs> well, it's good to see your face. We're, we're, I've seen it twice now because we are recording in anticipation for you to be gone. And you. Well, yes. And me to be gone. Which, by the way, I know that you gave me a lot of shit for not wanting to hang out with you while I was in Washington. But it turns out you're yes. not even going to be there. You're going to be I'm leaving on Saturday. I'm going to the Jersey Shore. Going to the Jersey Shore. No, that's right. That's how you Jersey, say that. Jersey Shore. I don't know. Jersey. We're going to Ocean City, New Jersey. Yeah. Great. So, How long are you going to be gone for? A week. We're taking yeah. our kids. My, Rebecca grew up going there. So we're, um, we're taking them to kind of see the whole thing. It's like a traditional boardwalk beach where it's like a big, lively boardwalk with lots of restaurants and mini golf and uh, you know, people biking and skateboarding and all that other stuff. So that'll be awesome. Excited. Yeah. So you have a teenager and a preteen. Do they get a little, I mean, what's it, what is it like to travel with a teenager and a preteen? I don't even know what that looks like. I don't know. It kind of depends. They don't, they're not that close. They're four years apart. So they, they don't, they're not like pals or anything. Um, they may end up being pals on this trip because they don't have any other friends um, <laughs> near them, but, um, right. but it's fine. They both travel well and uh, they're into different things. So, uh, and, but you know, you're not dragging them around anywhere. That's, that's cool. And, yeah. and we have them on a pretty long leash. Like they're both responsible kids and they may disappear for a couple hours at a time, you know? Yeah. We that's not, great. We wouldn't even That'll know. That'll be yeah. fun. Yeah. Do you put, uh, do you put any sort of like GPS trackers on them when you go to places like this? Mm, I mean, at, uh, I've got one on Abby's phone. Okay. But, Where you can track her. The other one doesn't have a phone. Oh my gosh. I can't yeah. even, I can't even do this. I've had so many emotional moments. Did I say this last time we were together where I just was having like these kind of like emotional moments? Oh, oh, my husband and I, by the way, we had our anniversary yesterday. We celebrated and we, oh, did, yeah, I saw that. we, we did our zip yeah. line thing right. at Sundance yeah, cool. and it was amazing. And cool. then at dinner, we're having this wonderful time and we're talking about things that we're grateful for. And it's like this really lovely conversation. And what do I do? 
I burst into tears and he's just, he was like, I don't even know what to do with this. You're being sentimental. And I just, and I said, do not dismiss my emotions right now, Ryan. I'm just embrace them. And he, he did not know what to do with it. And I was literally crying because. Didn't you listen to my podcast? Exactly. No, you didn't listen to my podcast. We're about to throw down. Um, no, it was, I just was kind of like tearing up because I was so grateful for my son and also recognizing that there's one uno uno Mm -hmm. little dude in my life and there's not going to be any more and just sort of in that weird place in my life the other day no what i said the other day is that i am having these desires these urges and if you are a parent out there and you kind of went through the same phase that i did which is i only want one and then you get to that point where you're kind of like do i want another no i definitely i've been telling myself i don't want another and i think i'm still just kind of grappling with it because I really don't want another. But my first was so great that I just kind of want to re- recreate it at, yeah. at the two-year mark. I don't want to go through zero to two. Yeah. If you have a great yeah. child that's over the age of two, send them my way because I could like mm-hmm. take care of them for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, we Rebecca and I decided we didn't want children. At all? And, that, and now we have to tell them. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard a good dad joke from you actually ever, but I haven't heard a good, I haven't heard a dad joke from you like for a very long time. Yeah. 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 Uh, My favorite one is the ones are the ones now that have like the therapist is, has the couple in the practice and, and the therapist says, so what, what's wrong? And, and, and the wife says, I just can't handle how he replaces words with the names of animals. And then he says, well, I didn't do it on purpose. (laughs) Oh man. All right. Now, now we need to wrap this up. We need to wrap it up because I can already tell that you are starting to get on a roll and we're just going to mm-hmm. go ahead and cut yeah. it, cut it off. Yeah. I got I, one I, more I, though. I got one nope, more. Nope. Yep. Nope. The, nope. The therapist says, the therapist says, so are you really considering divorce? And she says, yeah, I mean, or do, are you really considering leaving the marriage? And she says, yeah. I mean, if he uses one more Star Wars pun and then he says, divorce is strong with this one. <laughs> All right. That was a courtesy laugh, actually. That wasn't a real laugh on my behalf, but I was just trying to give you a laugh so that you wouldn't continue on with more jokes. So I love that your buddy, by the way, said that I was, what did he say? I was spicy? No, I was with a friend last night. We were playing pinball and talking about stuff, including the podcast. And he goes, that girl on your podcast, she is sassy. Sassy. That's right. There's only a few people in my life, everyone, that I'm sassy with, and you are very fortunate to spend an hour a week with me. You're welcome. Okay. So we're talking about a topic that you really wanted to tackle because you find that it's really important, and both of us did premarital work. So we're going to be talking about a topic that we had teased a couple episodes ago, but we're talking about premarrieds. I just feel like I get a lot of people, particularly in the summertime, coming in because they want to... Uh, you know, make sure they check off all their boxes before they get married, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so they want to do counseling. Somebody told them that they should. And, and I tend to kind of disabuse them of the notion that, um, that, that it's somehow going to change anything. I mean, premarital counseling isn't really uh, that valuable unless part of what you're trying to discern is whether or not to get married. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think there are some things that you can tackle as a therapist and that you should tackle as a couple if you're intending to set yourself up for success. So, so yeah, yeah. I, mean, I feel like again, this last couple months I've had, you know, sort of higher than average and 
And of course, I, as I do, I tend to repeat patterns with them. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to, we're going to share some of those. Okay. All right. Well, I, I do agree. I, I find that couples will come in and my biggest problem with premaritals is that they come in and they have the same question. They're like, well, we just need to make sure that this is the right fit for us, that we're moving in the right direction. They're not really coming in to check their boxes and get a yay or nay stamp of approval because their wedding is in a month. And never, ever, ever have I ever had a couple come in and said, I just don't think this is a good fit. I may have thought it. I might have thought it. But mm. they're they're nearing their wedding date. And uh, oh man, it's that one drives me nuts. Now, if a couple comes in and they have a year, they're a year out or they're contemplating getting engaged, that's where I'm really happy that couples are coming in because there's mm. sort of a sweet spot, right? You want to intervene sooner than before people are really kind of marching to the altar. Mm-hmm. If they're actually looking for that stamp of approval, which I don't think couples therapists are really there to give you a stamp of approval. It's not what Although we're here I have for. definitely told couples I don't think they should get married. Have you? Yeah. That's awesome. I have said it to one couple and I I do it was a tragic story. I'll tell you about it some other time. Basically what I do is I tell them I I I, I listen to them talk and I go, "My question is why why haven't you broken up?" Oh. Like why are you why are you still together? Mm-hmm. Don't like each other. You don't trust each other. Mm-hmm. Your parents don't approve. You're not, you know, it's like, uh-huh. I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, well, you actually had three questions you you wanted to talk about today. So what are those three questions that are so important? No. I, okay. So uh, when couples come in and uh, it's clear that they um, are getting married and that they really are interested in, um, I, I, by the way, I don't call it premarital counseling anymore. I call it transition to marriage counseling. Uh, because Why it's is really, that? Because I think it's more true, right? It's it's really the transition into this thing that's inevitable. And and I often say something like, and I actually think that the more important therapy that you do is going to happen after the wedding. Like the more important transition therapy is sure. after you get married. Um, but I do think that people need to fundamentally understand their why, right? We've talked about mm-hmm. this a number of times. Mm-hmm. Like, why am yeah. I doing this? And I think um, for me, I usually have them write down as a piece of homework the answer to three questions that I feel like if you don't have the answer to these questions, then you don't, you're not clear about your why. And the first one is, um, why this person, you know, why am I, why do I want to knit my life together with the person that I'm on the couch with, or this, this person that I'm in a relationship Mm -hmm. with, what is it about them that makes me think that they are sort of a worthy life partner? I think that's important. Okay. Can I, okay, so let me, let me put a pause on this for just a second. So why this person? So let's just say that you are discussing the answers to these questions and what would be something that would either be a, like a red flag or something that would kind of cause pause as a therapist in answering that question where you go, Ooh, I don't know about that. I'm not sure if that's an appropriate why. Do you want to answer that? I would say one is in retrospect, looking at, well, it's because it's not this person. So mm-hmm. uh, I tell me if this is true, but I have seen this happen many a times with people in my life where they'll date somebody for a really long time and then they break up and the next person that they meet is the person mm-hmm. that they get engaged to. Mm-hmm. And if I was working with a couple and part of their why was, well, because this person is not abusive, this person doesn't talk down to me. This person doesn't. It's sort of like the, per, the the things that they don't do 
is mm-hmm. the why, as opposed to the things that they are or the things that they embody, sort of the positive side of that. But that was one thing that just kind of came to mind is comparing your current partner to old partners and using that as your why. And I actually would flip that over a little bit because I think that um, if they don't have a real good why, I, I'll say something like, well, presumably you've dated other people before, right? I mean, and they'll say, yeah, I was I dated this person or that person, or I actually live with somebody or whatever. And I'll go, well, what is different about this partner that has made you choose the, the marriage decision that mm-hmm. you didn't? make that choice with other people. You know, what qualities mm-hmm. exist here that were absent in your other relationships? I think for me, the one that, that gives me the most pause is when they say, well, we're both, um, uh, you know, both the same age and both at the same point in life and we both want the same things. And so we just felt like now is a good time. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. want to hear, I want to hear something about love, right? I, I do want to hear something about that because, um, you Rather than sort to, of external factors pushing yeah, in. Or just, I mean, I think you want to be able to describe your partner, um, even the things that drive you crazy, um, but <laughs> but realize that that there's something called love that is transcending th- those things, mm. you know. Mm. Um, As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Interesting. Can I ask you when you were getting ready, because you and Rebecca married when you were quite young, right? Yeah, we were, you were really, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What it, looking back on that, what was your why at the time? That's a really tough one. Um, I think it was, um, so I did this thing where I dated a whole bunch of people in a lot of different ways for a bunch of years. And then when I met Rebecca, I had sort of gotten to this part where I decided I, I had said, I love you a whole bunch of times. Mm. It turns out I didn't really mean it ever. Um, mm. Or maybe I did, but then I started to realize that I wanted to attach love to marriage. And then, so I told Rebecca when we started dating, I said, I'm not going to tell you I love you until I'm ready to say, will you marry me? And wow, she told me like, I don't know, we were dating maybe six months or so. And I waited a whole nother six months because mm-hmm. it just took me that long to realize that, she, you know, who she was and what she brought to my life and how she made me better. And, and that I, I understood what it would mean to say, I love you. And when I did, she thought I was just like, I forgot, <laughs> but then I, mm-hmm. but then I proposed that same, that same moment. And wow. so, so wow. I don't know, I think that's why I think love is, is a big part of it for me. It's just, I want to make sure that that's, um, cause I, cause there was plenty about Rebecca that drove me crazy. And I understood that, um, mm-hmm but not with the same kind of language I do now. And that's part of why I want to press the issue with, with couples when they come in. Just to kind of balance it out a little bit. And in honor of my anniversary that we had yesterday is I remember 
um, I did not date. I was sort of the opposite. I, mm. I didn't date very many people at all. And when I met my husband, he was just a buddy and we just started hanging out. And that was, it was unlike, it, it was like every other relationship that I had with males in my life. But the, the part that was different is that the more we spent time together, the more I felt as if I had found a piece. And I know that this sounds a little like uh, cliche. Yeah, it's going to sound a lot, a lot of cliche. But I just felt like there was this best friend that had always sort of been there, like almost like my my other half or my 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 arm or whatever. And mm. when I met him, I just never wanted to stop spending time with him. It wasn't mm. necessarily that I was madly in love or super attracted or that there were these things that I was so intrigued about. And there was nothing like really like magical about it. It just simply felt as if it should have always been there. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah. Um, and I and I wanted it to continue to always to be there. And he's just sort of my partner in crime. He's, he's like the the mm. person that's by my side at all times. So mm. I don't know. That was the the why, I guess. Aren't, aren't we sappy? We're so sappy. Let's mm. let's you know what? Let's sassy this up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And um, your second question. So the I first the one was question, why yeah. why the person? Yeah. And I think the second one is honestly why marriage. What do you believe about marriage? What does marriage mean to you? I mean, it um, it kind of goes back to a few weeks ago on the podcast when we were talking about the purpose of marriage. It used right. to be used to be being alive, right? Like you had to you you needed a partner to survive in the mm-hmm. wilderness or whatever, and that's right. not the case anymore. And so, w- what is your thought of of it? Um, mm-hmm. What do you believe about the institution? Is it just a way to get health insurance, um, mm-hmm. or is it a way to you know kind of covenant something under the hand of God or anywhere mm-hmm. in between. Right. And and I think if you have wildly disparate or even mildly disparate views of what marriage means, that's important. Um, it's going to make the transition yeah. harder. Um, and so I think that the, just the idea of what, what is it do I, that I believe about this institution mm-hmm. um, that, that is important to, to note and to, and yeah. to, to have some ideas about. Um, I like that for the going back of uh, let's now pretend like this married couple, they they talked about the why marriage, why you, and now they're 10 years into their marriage and they're evaluating how, how have the last 10 years been? I think it is so brilliant to have already had that conversation so that you can go back to it and say, where are we? I mean, we mm-hmm. had this view of what marriage was supposed to be and why we were in it. And are we still in it? Or has that evolved and changed over time? Mm-hmm. But I love that if if premaritals are starting this journey together to have that preemptive conversation ahead mm-hmm. of time. Really well, and, and here's the thing, right? Like a lot of people come in and, and they're they're in trouble and they are thinking about divorce and they'll say something like, well, I don't want to get divorced because of the kids. Right. And I'm like, okay, but when you got married, you didn't say, I want to get married so that I can have some kids and mm-hmm. stay together. Interesting. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. that. So you have to have some sense of what it is that is binding Context. you. Context. Yeah. Um, and I think that's an unfair burden to put on your kids. I certainly think divorce is traumatic for kids, but I don't think that can be the reason that you stay married. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and there's statistics showing, you know, the how children fare based on the relationship and all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was your third question? It's just a combination of the two. Why, why get married to this person? Because that's the real answer, right? Why do, why am I going to? Um, because you can spend your life with somebody that you love and not be married to them. You can mm-hmm. also marry someone that you don't love because you believe that marriage is, uh, I don't know. You want to have kids? Or, yeah, want to have yeah. kids or something. 
but yeah. why do I want to combine these two things? And what is mm-hmm. the, what does that mean? And this is the beginning of really kind of understanding your vows, right? It's the beginning of saying, I have a strong sense of what better and worse means or, or sickness and health means or, mm-hmm. or richer and poorer means. Um, yeah. and I'm, and I know in advance that I'm signing up for that. I mean, mathematically mm-hmm. when somebody, when a couple gets married, one of them gets richer and one of them gets poorer. I mean, that just is the, <laughs> that's just the innate yeah. law of averages. And, right. um, and you have to have some sense of, okay, but I'm, I'm willing to sign up for that. And, and all mm-hmm. that's wrapped into, um, what we talked about last time about perpetual problems. I do think that it's really critical in these three kind of conversations or three questions that you're identifying the things that are hardwired into your thinking, your body, your mind, your soul about relationships right. and recognizing that they're not going away. Like that's, yeah, you're, yeah. you're signing up for like 50 years, 50, 70 years of, uh, of, this, of difficult, of discomfort. Of this stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I, I do agree. I think that it's really important. So if premaritals are listening or you know somebody who's getting married is having them sort of take an inventory of what's hardwired, where are your values, what uh, is unchanging as part of your personality and um, and sort of laying it all out there and being like, let's just understand from the get go that these are going to be our pain points mm-hmm. from here on out. And they don't have to hurt as much like we're going to butt heads and we'll learn how to work through these but this is unchanging the whole idea that you're going to change this person. I changed my, my husband's um, uh, physical appearance quite a bit when I first met him. And I feel very, very good about it because he, it just wasn't something that was hardwired in him. Uh, He went from being a skater bro buddy to being just a really sexy little GQ man that walks in the (laughs) office with these tailored suits on. But that would not have been on the perpetual conflict list at all because I changed that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Here's the other conversation that I think is really important. So it's like the why the person, why the marriage and why marriage with this person. And then you said, let's just identify these perpetual conflicts that we're going to bud on. Uh, The one that I love to talk about is expectations for roles of Mm. What is the role of caretaker? So let's just say one of us gets sick. What 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 is your expectation for what I should do? And what's your expectation for what you should do as the sick person? And what is the expectation for nurturer and expectation for the person who is paying bills and organizing and the person, I mean, there's all of these roles that we play and we all kind of have these preconceived notions that have kind of been hammered into us um, from an early age, maybe based on modeling of our own parents and whatnot of just what are our expectations? There might be some serious negotiations that need to happen before you get married. Yeah. And I think that's why you have to know about your why. I mean, the people, the thing that I hear a lot when couples come in is they'll say, we just want to know what we don't know. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't know what you don't know. And you're not even going to find out what you don't know until you get married. And because it's not just the roles, right? It's like, what is the expectation for Saturday? Yeah. For some people, it's like this hiking day, right? Others, like, no, it's, it's like cleaning day. It's it's do nothing day and watch golf, husband. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't listen to the podcast. He's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I think yeah, setting yourself up to be okay with not knowing what you don't know, and this is where I go back to thinking it really is about transition to marriage therapy. It's not premarital therapy, and I I generally want couples to agree to come back you know, three, six months after the wedding and figure out, you know, what, what it is that they really do want to turn their attention to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And I think just skill building. I mean, we're all going to have these fires that they kind of get lit up in our lives just from external circumstances happening. Someone loses a job or, um, but there's some pretty predictable situations in the life course where we know you're going to be experiencing some pretty significant pain points. And all of these conversations you'll have to rehab, um, like mm-hmm. the birth of your first child. Oh boy. We're going to see a mm-hmm. lot of perpetual conflict come right back up. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to discuss our roles again. Um, but I do think that premarital is a really good time to come in and have these really good questions because I know that if I was heading into a marriage and I knew my whys, I would feel so much more confident and, um, not like I was just making a decision based on this is what you're supposed to do, right? Mm -hmm. I'm 25 to 30 years old and this is kind of what Mm -hmm. my demographic is up to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I usually, I usually paint a picture. I'll say, you know, you're going to. You're going to stand up on this altar and you're going to, you're going to um, have all your friends and family there and you're going to say these words to each other. And I just want you to know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, have it be meaningful. And, and that's, the pur- that's the purpose of, I think, getting any kind of a therapeutic intervention beforehand uh, or answering these questions is that when you stand up there and you make these promises, you can at least have a sense of, I know what I'm saying. I may not know what, what worse is yet. Right. Right. But I know that I'm saying it. Yeah. Um, um, so. Wow. Well, thank you so much for suggesting this as a topic and um, just a little bit of oh, foreshadowing. We um, kind of debated on what to talk about today, but we had uh, suggested that this would be one of the topics. So coming up next, we will be talking, um, we're going to be answering some emails. So we've had some fast and fury of emails coming through. So we've had some popular um, episodes lately where people popular. have been... <laughs> You know about popular. <laughs> By the way, nobody emailed. Remember when you were singing the airline yeah. song? Sky high airline, sky high airline. <laughs> Not a single yeah. person emailed. I know. Not a single know. one. It's and you know what I would love? If somebody listening to this episode could just drop one email to <laughs> info at fourbetter.us that just says, Zach, it's cool. We don't need to hear any dad jokes. We're cool with the break. <laughs> Just yeah. go ahead and do that or, for me. Or you could be like, more dad jokes, please. Yeah. That would be fine. Okay. We'll see. All right. We'll see how many come in for either of our sides. This is good. This is going to be good. We're both going to be on vacation and I'm going to just forward every email to you. That- hey, do you know this one? Do you know this one? Do you know this one? Um, what did one snowman say to the other snowman? What? Do you smell carrots? That's okay, a good I'm one. Not That's even, a layered joke. I'm not. That is layered. That is so many layers. I'm going to go ahead and think no, about no. that one when I'm not looking yeah. at you. All right. Thanks so much for listening. And we're going to go ahead and cut this off before Zach says, hey, have you heard this one? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have fun in the Jersey Shore, Zach. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. So no joke, I just spent about 15 minutes scrolling the internet trying to find what I would call mom jokes just so I can compete with Zach's dad jokes. And I've decided that there are zero, zero jokes on the internet that are worthy of your ears. So I'm just going to let Zach be the one to assault him. Um, Anyway, thanks so much for dedicating some time and energy to making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. We look forward to having you join us for the next episode. We have lots of fun ones coming up. As always, you can check out our website. It's marriagetherapyradio.com. And if you would like to become a patron of Marriage Therapy Radio, click on the little tab that says Patreon. 
and you can spend $5 a month, $10 a month, $15 a month helping to support this podcast to keep it alive for many future episodes. Have a wonderful day. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.